It's New Hampshire headlines on WKXL, NHTalkRadio.com to get the back episodes of this show. I'm your host, AJ Kirsted, and today I am joined by uh, senior reporter Anne-Marie Timmons of the New Hampshire Bulletin. Welcome back to the show. Hello, good to see you. So NewHampshireBulletin.com to get more of their writing. Amanda, Ethan, and Amory join the show uh, most of the time for this program with uh, Jeff Feingold thrown in for good measure for some business news. So start off with uh, an article you wrote about right-to-know requests uh, are being discussed at the legislature and possible charging for uh, people in the state uh, when when they put in a right-to-know request, whether it's journalists or anyone else for that matter. What's going on here? Um, the surprise was not only that we may be looking at a $15 hourly fee to have our right to know request um, fulfilled, but that we're the only state in New England who does not have this fee. Yeah, that's surprising. I was unaware of that. And Maine and Massachusetts charge $25 an hour. Um, as a reporter who uses this and in talking with regular people who use this, you get your first hour for free. But I've never had a request fulfilled in an hour. It just takes longer than that, you know. And so I think these fees could um, quickly pile up. And we are a nonprofit news outlet. It would cause us to maybe think twice about which records we could go after. Um, But on the other hand, I do see where towns, the municipal association, is coming from people are asking for five years worth of emails between these 10 people. You know, that's a huge undertaking for a town. I think it was Dover, Claremont had spent, Claremont maybe spent $30,000 gathering records and then redacting them um, because they had to have a law firm do that because they wanted to do it properly. So I don't know how you balance this. It's going to be an interesting fight. I think the Municipal Association is going to make a strong case. The Press Association, Americans for Prosperity, Rebuild New Hampshire, um, we and Right to Know New Hampshire. It's going to be an interesting um, division. Like, you know, at ACLU, there's a lot of people lined up on our side, but there's also how many towns in New Hampshire? Um, So it'll be interesting. Um, Someone commented on my story today. I really don't know who to root for here. And I, I, I think that's right. And so is the question another solution? Um, one part of the bill contains language that if a town did feel like the request was so broad, they could go to court and, you know, say, can you intervene? Is this unreasonable? Um, I don't think that's a terrible idea. You know, towns are compiling these giant records and then people don't come to pick them up or, you know, halfway through they withdraw the request. And so their argument is these are just harassment um, right to no requests. And it's when you don't pick up your request, it's kind of hard to disagree with that. Yeah. And it's no matter what, it's going to end up costing money for, for mm-hmm. someone involved, because if it ends up they don't pick it up and we start going down the litigation route to to make up that money for uh, either a, a laziness, they didn't do it, or they didn't actually collect the information, or B, it, it's the economics of the situation. If you don't have a way to make people think for a second about it, they're more mm-hmm. likely to just say, eh, screw these guys, it's the government, we're, we're, whatever, <laughs> it, it, it's ripe for activism right. and trolling. 
Right. So what do you do? Do you have people pay up front, like put their credit card, have a tab? And if you come get your records, you don't pay. Um, Otherwise, you do. I wouldn't be surprised if this doesn't get resolved this session. Um, We have a budget to deal with right now and there'll be other things. And I could see it going to study committee, but it, it may be coming. You know, if we're the only state that's not doing it in Massachusetts will allow four hours of free time. Maine hours uh, has two hours. Um, so there, I think there'll be some kind of negotiation in there. Uh, if it, if it does stay alive, I think it'll look different than it does now, but it's going to be a lot. It's going to be a real hit for people who don't have a lot of money. Um, and, and for people that don't necessarily understand what it takes to, to fulfill these requests. I mean, nowadays, you talk in 2022, everything for the most part is digital. It's not like back 50 years ago where you, some administrator is going into some filing cabinet and pulling a, a report, showing it to the, the town admin or whatever, and then saying, here you go. It, it, mm-hmm. It's no, you got to go into databases and servers, email systems, you got to deal with accounts management systems, which is a total disaster as, mm-hmm. as someone who, who's got the technical background. I can tell you, I can't imagine how they compile these requests mm-hmm. and like, and each email ecosystem is entirely different. So how many mm-hmm. hours is it going to be? Is it going to be $15 an hour for just the town officials? What about when they got to put in a service request to their IT vendor to say, hey, I need six years worth of emails uh, from this person to this person or whatever. It's extremely complex and time consuming. It's so hard. Um, like one request I saw, Governor Wentworth School District has posted all of the 25 or so requests it's gotten over the last two years. I mean, one was Mr. Smith in grade five. I want every book, whole curriculum, a copy of every poster on the wall, a copy of anything that's ever been out on a desk, you know, and then the person did not pick it up. Um, Do you, what do you need that for? Like, you know, how do you evaluate? Because you can't ask someone, why do you want this information? And our state constitution is very explicit that records, Records and government shall be available and not unreasonably restricted. Um, so I, I just think, yeah, we're in this new time where a records request can be really broad. And as you said, there's so much information to go through. So I would hate to see this survive um, as a reporter, but I also understand what's driving it. Yeah. And look, We'll also keep in mind in this conversation, too, that this is early days of it. Usually this far out, it, it gets a considerable amount of revamping. I mean, my knee-jerk reaction mm-hmm. was, is obvious. I, I agree that it, it's a real problem to to begin to um, charge for these and sorting all that out and to, the problems with that. I, I mean, I'd almost like to see a... Um, like a, a punishment mechanism and some sort of someone like doesn't pick up the information or if they're there, it can be proven, but it's also a very complex case to make in, in court. Like, I don't know how you approve whether it was falsified. It's like, Oh, I got busy and forgot to pick it up or another project came up and I didn't get it. So then you're litigating against people that just, just made honest mistakes or because these requests can take months. They can. And this, that issue sort of came up the, the one about can we put some more teeth in the law itself? Yeah. Uh, I'm writing a, I wrote something that'll appear in the next day or so. There's a new right to know ombudsman position, and there's been someone nominated, it's not been approved yet. But this person 
If you can't get your records from a town or a state agency or get into a meeting, you can take it to court right now. That option will remain, but there would be this ombudsman where you could file a complaint for $25 fee, although that could be waived, and that person would intervene and negotiate, like look at the law, have the records and decide whether they should be released or not. And there was some opposition to that um, in the session because people felt like, why do we need this if we just had some penalties within the right to know law, if towns really did have to pay attorney fees when they said no, um, would we need to have all these other mechanisms in place? And, you know, I don't know, I, you know, what if we just had a world where there was better data available and you could go on a website and call up the budget and see what it is yourself and, you know, state police stats. Can we see how many people were charged with this kind of crime? I mean, that seems like the real solution. I don't yeah. see us approaching that anytime soon, but, you know, that would be truly making government accessible. Yeah, I mean, that was the case I made when I've had conversations uh, about education, like talking about curriculum and stuff like that. Like in higher mm -hmm. education, it's just it's required for accreditation. The ask and such requires this mm -hmm. sort of information to be accessible at the registrar's office. K through 12, I, I get this wishy-washy depending on the school district. And yeah, it's a parents can ask for this and it's there like. Yeah, but is it really there? Is it when you make the request, they're putting it on paper? Or should you have to ask for it? Yeah. Why can that not be available? It's public education. They're accountable to the public. Mm. Um, and what is the harm in putting that up there? I think there's probably a fraction, tiny fraction of people who are truly interested in that kind of information, but they can make you go through a lot of work to get it. So just make, that's my argument, just make it available, be much easier. And there's no privacy issue with curriculum, like, right. you know, just put it there. All right, moving on to, you've had this saga of what's been going on in Laconia. Like I have been following it in the monitor. I'm like, oh God, there's more on this huge articles on this. How, give the elevator pitch and then we'll dive into it. Uh, well, it's a giant project proposed in Laconia on a piece of property that's never been able to be sold, has loads of problems, maybe has been assessed at two, $5 million. Someone came in and offered $21.5 million and proposed a $500 million massive redevelopment. Um, and I have questioned and still question whether there's any there there behind the people proposing it in terms of financial wherewithal and experience. So that's my long elevator pitch. <laughs> but it, you know, yeah, and this is a, a large section of property that I mean the reason why it, it it's been so tough is they want to develop this huge piece of property, not just like the central piece that's along the roads, so that it, it can actually have a proper economic development in that part of that mm -hmm. town. And it, it's it's extremely costly and it seems like there's a quite inexperienced individual that's uh, been offered the role right when i first saw this plan it was presented in laconia it was 1300 housing units some of them assisted care a hotel a conference center dog parks for the public maybe some climbing walls um, i'm forgetting some things but oh retail maybe it was so massive, I thought, this is fantastical. Like, Laconia has been waiting for this for 
decades. Um, who is behind this? This must be a really amazing group of people. And then I Googled the person. There was almost nothing to be found. Um, the one thing I did find is there's a much smaller project in Manchester um, this person is working on. It's taking two buildings and putting in housing and retail on the bottom, I think 30 apartments. So 1,300 housing units versus 30 apartments. And that's three years behind schedule, partly because of COVID. I don't think that's all there is to it. Um, the One of the investors in that is suing because the project has de been delayed and there's been some transfers of property that investors were unaware of. This person has liens has had liens on every piece of property they do own in Manchester. Um, and they won't name who their partners are. I know the name of one person. And I said, I, you know, I can't find, who is this woman? I don't I can't find anything online about her. And the developer said, and you won't. Like, what does that mean? It's so bad. I mean, you, you want to do a public, like, this is, like, in the public interest, this development. This is more than just, I want to have a couple of apartments. Like, no, you're you're basically developing a village within Laconia. It, like, this, it's a village. That's exactly what they call it, a village. Um, and this person has multiple companies in New Hampshire for multiple projects, but the only one, you know, I did have an, an interview with this person before my stories came out and they've not called back. But in that initial interview, she said, this will be my biggest project. The only thing I've completed in New Hampshire is a, a seven unit rental renovation in uh, Hampton. So that's a big difference. Um, and there's some property going, she wants to develop in Guilford and it's interesting when I talk with her, she talks about this Laconia project in much the way she talked about Manchester, which is she wants to save what is a treasure and and make it better, make it as good as it can be. And this was an ailing old building in Manchester. It was a jewelry store and a billiards hall and it's right downtown. And she talked about it the same way. I want to save this building. And she talks about Laconia that way. I think there's a lot of passion there. Um, and the idea, the plan is exactly what Laconia wants and this commission wants that's been working on it forever. Um, but what we've learned is there was no investigation of her financial wherewithal. So it's like it comes across like it reminds me very much of what California is known for, where which I believe this person is from, if I remember from the articles correctly. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's like, look, we've, we've got this idealist look. We're going to invest. We have all sorts of money. We're going to throw at it and we'll figure it out as we go. And that's not how things happen in New Hampshire. Like, like it's we're rural. We don't have that much money floating around in our yeah. ecosystem compared to San Francisco or L.A. or something right. like that. If things go sideways you're screwed like you, you you there's no other resources there i mean when you look at the developments in in new hampshire i think i think the the tuscan village developments that that guy's been doing is is a great example of things going the right way but how many years of lead up and prep of building his businesses and yeah. the amount of time it's taking that that corporation to actually finish all these buildings mm -hmm. like, it's years like this isn't years this is bigger than everything he's doing i know it's so big and when i um couldn't find much out about this person or the many companies they've established. I, I talked to developers, you know, the big names we know here, and they'd never heard of this person. 
Um, yet the state says they're, you know, well-known group of people. Um, it's also just been an interesting process from the beginning because typically when the state has land and it's selling it, it goes through a very specific purpose as laid out in statute. Um, the governor in the budget, last budget, inserted some language that gave him the authority to sell this property um, without the legislature or lawmakers approval. He just needs three executive counselors to sign on with him. So it's been a project he's really wanted to move forward because this has been tied up for so long. It's, you know, it was a state school where people spent their whole lives. And then it finally became free in Laconia. It's like, can we put a college here? Can we do this? Can we? And they put the prison there. Um, so it's not not sold because people haven't tried. There's been real obstacles there, but I think the governor, he used the word wallowing. It's just people have been wallowing. Um, I think they would disagree with that, but he clearly wants to move it along very quickly. And I think that's probably what we're seeing here. Yeah, New Hampshire is kind of weird with its placements of its cities and its highways where it's so counterproductive for for, for real strong development in weird ways. Like like if you have Route 101, you have the interstates, um, and, and if you're not on those, good luck. <laughs> like the, right, like, and this is not. On the highway, and Laconia is not near anything. If you want to go to New Hampshire Motor Speedway, there's one road, and good <laughs> luck on race week. It's true. They, they can't get to this property. It's a beautiful property. It sits on a hill next to a Hearn State Park, which has all this acreage on um, the lake. It overlooks a lake. It's really stunning property, but it's A, hard to get to, and B, really complicated. You know, there's 30 dilapidated buildings, some of them which could have historic significance. So do you have to you know, rehab them. That's hard. It'd be 20 million to put water and sewer in there just to begin with. Um, so you pay 21 million for it. And then where does the money keep coming from to keep, keep it going? Um, you know, I talked to someone who was part of the group that has been working on this Lakeshore Redevelopment Planning Commission of really studying the property, inventorying all its pros and cons and looking at environmental hazards and the he and he's a developer in meredith um he said this i don't know that i wouldn't have offered 10 million for this property it's and so why 21.5 million there was four offers put into the state they ranged from zero dollars to this one of 21.5 million um and i don't know what the plans look like for those other proposals but you know it is the reason that the governor and the state keep saying Laconia said yes to this plan. They like this plan. They just thought someone else had already vetted the wherewithal to get it done. Yeah. So and that doesn't seem like it's happened it super quick. So a minute left here. Has the governor said anything specific to this? He um, he's just angry. He told Laconia that they were looked incompetent for saying one thing and now questioning it. It'll come up before council next week. I won't be surprised if it does get approved. Is this purchase and sale approved? And then we'll see where it goes from there. Messy situation. We'll definitely be following it along at NewHampshireBulletin.com. Senior reporter Anne-Marie Timmons, thank you so much for joining me.
Oh, thank you. It's good to see you. New Hampshire headlines on WKXL. Check out nhtalkradio.com. Get the video and audio version of the show on demand and subscribe to WKXL on all your favorite podcast platforms. I'm your host, AJ Kierstead. We'll be right back.